0: I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus and I would like to welcome you to this broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. What an honor to share the Gospel of Grace with you today. You know, I'm always excited when it comes to the message of God's unconditional love and what He's done for us in Jesus Christ because it only produces life. It produces excitement, it produces power, it produces holiness, righteousness in the lives of everybody who hears and believes this good news. Amen. So, just again, for everybody that's watching this for, a, for the very first time, I would like to welcome you and um, just say, enjoy this. This is about an hour, hour and a half message that we've got here, including the worship, so that you can know how long this is going to be and, and how it's going to work. We're going to just speak a little bit now. Then we're going to go into the worship. Then I will share one or two, two things about finances. And then get right into the Word of God. Now, um, you know, so many times there's been this ugly thing about money when it comes to the church. And we want to correct that. We want to bring the truth concerning finances. Not this sowing and reaping, tithing, manipulating message. But just the truth about how God cares about you and how God provides for you when it comes to your money. That's why we teach about that. The vision is not to see how much money we can get out of you. Amen. So, um, I would like you to just stay tuned and and just receive everything that God has got in store for you today. Amen. So, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and I want to read the scripture and then out of this we're going to just worship and go over to the worship. It says here in Ephesians 2 verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15 of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now what he's saying here is, he says that everybody that becomes a believer is already rooted in the love of God. In other words, that means that you're in a place where, or the the reason why you are born of God is because you have been born out of the love of God. You've been born out of what He has done towards you, which is an act of his love towards you, which was Jesus Christ that was crucified and resurrected and obeyed the whole law on your behalf, so that whosoever believes in him might be saved. Now what happens these days is people get born again, they start to believe in Jesus Christ, and the moment they believe in Jesus Christ, then they are rooted into Jesus. But then people don't understand what they are rooted into. And this is what Paul then says, and, and, and what happens a lot of the time is when people are born of God, oh, they get saved, you know, typical, I repent from my sins, I receive you Jesus type of message. You receive that, you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, then you root it into the love of God. But then after that, we find that many of those people struggle with victory in their lives, they struggle with healing, they struggle with... Prosperity, they struggle with so many things and areas in their lives It's actually just the same as when they were in the world I've seen it and it's actually a pity that many people today That are born again or call themselves born again believers Struggle as much as people that are in the world They live as defeated lives They're not in victory And I believe that the reason why that is Is revealed out of these scriptures And what Paul prayed for them Because he saw the very same things in the lives of the people then. You know, nothing has changed. Maybe technology has changed. But the way people function and the um, foundation from where people live is still out of the heart. You know, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. That has been the way with Adam and that's the same thing today. God hasn't made new human beings. You know, we function on the same a platform the same way All of us, we are in need of acceptance We're in need of approval We live out of a heart that says You know, accept me And we live out of a heart That functions on the, fel- on the basis of how much They experience acceptance and love And unconditional love And the more we can understand that The more we will know that we can Give ourselves completely to the gospel of God's grace Because that will produce that power That will bring forth that life in us And this is the prayer that Paul prays He says here He says, I pray That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory To be strengthened with might by his spirit In the inner man So, and, and uh, it might be seen as why, would God, why hasn't God strengthened them already? You know Now the way I see it is that Um Strength according to Paul is an ability to understand the grace of God An ability to say man I'm going to be strong when I hear how big this grace is I'm not going to become weak and say Ah no it cannot be A weak person isn't somebody that says well I'm dedicated to living right And I must do everything right then God's going to bless me That's not a, a, a a strong person That is a weak person a strong person is somebody who says, well, I will not waver, I'm not going to deviate, I'm not going to get away from the message of grace and I stand in this and whatever grace message, whatever grace uh, uh, um, yeah, grace message, whatever thing God wants to tell me in the area of my life that is flooded with grace, I am strong in my inner man to accept it. And not to feel, oh, you know, this has just weakened me. I felt that I've been wrong, believing the wrong thing now for 20 years. And and now somebody comes and tells me it's not been that way. It's a new way. It's actually the way of God's grace. And that Jesus Christ also fulfilled this thing that I wanted to do in order to be righteous. And now I become weak. I say, oh, no, I don't believe that. I'm going to continue with the way. I become weak. I cannot accept that which God has for me. So, that I believe that's the... Foundation from where Paul prays he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory now that is his goodness Amen to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man Why that you may dwell uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith? so these are people That um, that already accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, but Paul knew beforehand the problem that happens in the church Christ dwells, and this is the way Christ is supposed to dwell in the hearts, is by faith. He should have our, He's dwelling. Everything He does and everything we we do as Christians, the anointed one and His anointing in our lives should be through faith and not works. So, uh, I've seen it in the church so many times is that Christ dwells in the hearts of people by works and by efforts. But He wants people to be strong that they can believe that they can rest their minds in the finished work of Jesus Christ. They can be persuaded in their hearts about what Jesus has done for them. You know, this is very high language, but it's very easy to say this. He says, man, I just pray that you will have a strong heart, that you can believe what God has done for you for free in Jesus Christ. Why? I I also pray, and this is what he prays, in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted... And grounded in love. In other words, he says, I pray that you, that Christ may dwell and find his dwelling in your heart by faith. That it will, your Christian walk will not be this thing of, I'm just trying to keep head above water by just doing the right thing, just seeking acceptance by my works of righteousness and just making it to heaven. That you will not have that type of a life, but that you will have the love of God dwelling in your hearts by faith. Why? That you. Because you're already in the love of God now But I pray that faith will be in your heart Because when faith is in your heart What's going to happen? You're going to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height Of what? Of the love of Christ that you are already rooted in Because you believed on Jesus for salvation Okay? And to know the love of Christ So he says that you may be able to comprehend That you may understand What he has done for you. That's how I said how how high, how wide, how deep and how long this love of God is. So he says, I pray that you may have persuasion, the ability to believe in your heart. That will not be a works thing. You get saved by grace, planted into the love of God and then Christ dwells in your heart by something else. You know, by works or it's this whole message of circumcision that they struggled with those times. And a typical thing that I want to, will use now is, Where people would come and say, well, you are saved by grace, you are saved by grace and, and you are rooted in the love of God. But when it comes to finances, it's by your principles you work. All of a sudden it's not by faith. All of a sudden Christ is not dwelling in the heart of that person by faith, by what God has done for him freely. Man, that is something terrible. And that's what Paul says. He wants all areas. How high, how wide, how deep, and how long the love of God is. Man, it reaches to the heavens. It reaches to my finances. It reaches to my marriage. It reaches to my children. It reaches to my future. It reaches to my body and my mind. And uh, 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 it reaches to the throne of God. Amen. So that even when I come there, I am already in the love of God. The love that I'm rooted in is high, wide, deep, and forever long. Amen. That's what it is. And why does He want this? Why does He want us to comprehend this? He wants us to know how high or deep, how long this is, and that we might experience the love of Christ. So what He's saying is, if you can believe how high, how wide, how deep, and how long the love of God is, you will experience You will find a manifestation of that in your life. And this passes all knowledge. Why does He want all of this? Why does He want us to know how high, how wide, how deep and how long the love of God is? Why does He want us to believe that with all our hearts? And to know, to come to great knowledge, experiential knowledge of this, why does He want us to know this love of Christ? That we might be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. So the pathway to experiencing the fullness of God in your life is knowledge of the love of God. And what is the love of God? What is the love of God? We can read that in 1 John chapter 4. Let me tell you something. As I read the Bible, I realize that God is very, very clever. (laughs) Amen. Not I ever thought that He's a fool, but man, He's clever. Just the way He wrote things. It, 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 the more you read the Bible, the more you realize, man, Paul was inspired of God. Paul was flooded with the Holy Spirit. John was. Everybody wrote what they wrote under the careful inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit, right? First John chapter four. So he says that I, you, you might know the love of God, come to knowledge of the love of God, know how high, how wide, how deep, and how long the love of God is, why that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now, what is the love of God? The Bible says. In this was manifested the love of God, because that God sent His only begotten Son in the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the sacrifice for our sins. So, what He's praying is, He says, I pray that you may understand how high, how wide, how deep, and how long this love is that God first loved us, and it's not by our love for God, but by His love for us. And herein in the love of God... And this is what he prays That you might comprehend What it is to live in Jesus That you can live through Jesus Because that's what the end of verse 9 says He says here In this was manifest love of God towards us Because God gave His only begotten Son Why? That we might live through Him That's the love of God, that we don't live through our own obedience. We don't live by our own sacrifices. We don't live by our willpower, but that we might understand how wide this thing is, how wide it is that we can live through Him. To what extents can we live through Jesus? In what areas of our lives has He represented us? Did He die for us? Was He resurrected? How did that influence the the length, the, the breadth, the depth, the height of my life? Amen. Hallelujah. That is the love of God. I want to tell you God's love is um, all enclosing, in It includes every area of your life and it is for every person. It is for you. Hallelujah. You know there's a teaching that says that everybody is born again. Now that is not the truth. The truth is that the experience or God was raised, Jesus was raised Out of the dead on behalf of everybody He was the firstborn amongst many brethren That means amongst everybody that would be saved And that are saved today He was the firstborn So if He's the firstborn There was a secondborn, a thirdborn But the wonderful thing is Is that He was born from the dead On behalf of everybody So it came unto everybody Salvation has appeared unto everyone But whosoever believes it, according to Romans 5, has got access into this grace. But we, that most of us that listen to this today, has has already believed. So you've already entered into that. So you are already 100% Born of God And that you have You've received your invitation Through some preacher Sometime Maybe through me Whatever Which is Listen We invite you To a life born of God You've accepted your invitation You came to the marriage You ate the food That was prepared Which was the body And the blood of Jesus Christ And you are now Born of God And now All we're going to do Is just experience This unconditional love of God Amen And then we will experience The fullness of God Hallelujah, Hallelujah! And I think that is more than enough reason to worship God, and as we go over to the worship, I want you just to open your heart, sing these songs aloud in your room. husband and wife together there, man, uh, uh, put the speakers ho- loud so that you can, if you sh- cannot sing properly, just put it loud, you don 't hear yourself singing, but just out of your heart, just worship God for. He is a good God. Don't worship Him for then He will manifest in your life just for He has done it all. We worship from the depth of our being. Amen. Let's enjoy the worship. Hallelujah. Isn't that just awesome, awesome, awesome to worship God from a heart that says, God, I know You love me unconditionally and I know that You care for me. Amen. Not to worship to get the presence of God, not to worship to get Him to manifest, but to worship Him because You Because it's a fruit of Christ's manifestation in your heart through the Holy Spirit by revealing the unconditional love of God to you. Now, I would like to just share a little bit on finances. We're going to go to Matthew 23. And uh, we're first going to read verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 to 3. It says, Then spoke Jesus to the multitude and said unto his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees, sit in Moses' seat, "All therefore whatsoever they bid you to observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not." So what he's saying here is actually is everything that the Pharisees commanded to be done according to the law of Moses, do it. So he was not against the things that the Pharisees was teaching. They were teaching that you should tithe, they, was, they were teaching that you should um, sacrifice animals, they were teaching that you should be circumcised. They were teaching all those things and Jesus said do and observe all those things. They also taught that if, um, if a woman was menstruating she was not allowed in town. Um, they taught that if somebody had leprosy must be placed out of town and uh, live in the caves. And all those types. They were teaching all those things, and Jesus said, "Listen to everything they say and do them, for they sit in Moses' seat." Now, uh, one might say, "But Jesus, why do you say that?" And sometimes people want to take the Bible, and because Jesus said something, now we want to do it because Jesus said it. But we must read the Bible from the perspective of the covenants. Where was Jesus? To whom did He say this? Why did He say this? From what perspective did He say this? We must realize, and we've been talking about this now for two Sundays, and that is that Jesus was a man born under the law. He was born of a woman under the law. Now, there are many people that say that the woman was under the law, but he wasn't under the law. If, he, if Jesus wasn't born under the law, he was not the representative of man, for he, then he was not called the Son of Man. Jesus was called the Son of God, for he was born of God, but he was also called the Son of Man. And that's the great thing in the New Testament, that Jesus is the Son of Man, that God became the Son of Man, that He could be born of God, but also be born a man, under the law, just as man is. If, 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 if Jesus wasn't born, um, and in the same place where we were, you know, as a man, under the law, how can He represent you and me? You know, the high priest, when the high priest Stood before God in the Old Testament He was under the law And Jesus is our high priest And he came and he stood under the law And he represented us You know the Old Testament When the high priest stood there There was a law that said Listen uh, if you do these things Then these people will be forgiven And they will not be punished for their sins But then there were sacrifices And all those type of things And the high priest did all of that To redeem the people from the curse part of that law and that's exactly what Jesus Christ came to do. But what's wonderful about Jesus is that his work was an eternal work and that his sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice. The reason why the Old Testament, in the Old Testament there was sacrifice upon sacrifice upon sacrifice is simply because the sacrifice was not a perfect sacrifice and because the sacrifice that they brought with animals could not purge them from their sins and clean them. It, it just couldn't do it. But the sacrifice of Jesus and His blood was perfect. You know, the blood of animals cannot cleanse the blood of man. You need the blood of man to wash away the sins of man. And that is exactly what God did. Jesus Christ became a man under the law. Now, the reason why I said all of that was was very simple. It's simply because we... We want to understand Matthew chapter 23. And the reason why I'm taking Matthew 23 is because of verse uh, 23. It says, Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and cummin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, judgment, mercy, and faith, and not to leave the other undone, which is then the tithing. So, and then people come and they say, you see, Jesus taught that you need to tithe. And that tithing was actually taught by Jesus as a principle that should be done by us today. And um, they say, well, it's written in red. You see, Jesus said it, so you need to do it. Yes, Jesus did say it, but Jesus also said in Matthew 23 that we should listen to the Pharisees. Um, But we should just not do what they do, for they teach the law, but they don't do the law. But that you must do the whole law, and do everything they say. Man, do you know that the Pharisees also said that if somebody is is, is in adultery, that you should kill them? The, The Pharisees said that. The Pharisees also taught that if somebody picked up sticks on a Sunday, that he should be stoned. The Pharisees also said that you should worship God on the Saturday. The Pharisees said many, many things. If you want to know exactly what the Pharisees said and what they taught, you can go to um, Leviticus and you can go and, and, and just see everything there. How you should deal with a stranger that come to your town and all those type of things. It, and I mean, there are very, very, very difficult laws. How you should get dressed, how you should walk, when you should pray. Man, it was a legalistic thing that we can clearly see in the life of Paul that, um, and, and the writings in the book of Acts that they deviated from the teachings of, 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 of Moses you know, and all those things and what Paul then preached. Now, um, the reason why I said this was Jesus had to teach the law. Jesus had to say to people, listen, obey all the law. Obey everything that Moses did for. He didn't come to break the law, but he became a man under the law, to obey the law, and do the law on behalf of man, so that the righteousness of the law, the righteousness that the law could declare over you, should you obey the whole law, could come over you. Amen. And that we can go and read in Romans chapter 8, which we're going to talk on today. Um, let's go to Romans. Romans. We can also read in Acts 21 as well. Uh, I hope I can find that now. Um, yes, just, just Acts 21, 21 and then we're going to go quickly to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Now listen, Jesus was a man under the law, born under the law. He obeyed the law so that the righteousness of the law could declare over you should you obey the whole law could come And that's what's written in Acts chapter, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says there, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For, listen to this, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, what He did was, He sent Him in the likeness of sinful flesh, and He condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, He did not sin. And every sin that there was, He took the punishment of that in His body for people who did sin. Okay? Why? (laughs) That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walked not after the flesh, seeking justification by the law, but after the Spirit. So what Jesus did was He condemned sin. He ruled against sin. He conquered sin. He did not sin in the flesh. Okay? Obeying the law. He did it all. Amen. On behalf of man. And Jesus was a man under the law. He tithe. I tell you, now Jesus died. There was no way in which Jesus didn't tithe. Now, there are people that that bless their hearts, that want to preach that you are not uh, um, justified by tithing. and, And they say, they also want to say what I'm saying today, is that we don't need a tithe today in order to be blessed. And then they say, but Jesus didn't tithe. Now that is a foolish thing to say and then they come from a perspective that says because Jesus didn't tithe that means he's our example we also um, shouldn't tithe. Now if you want to use Jesus as example in everything that Jesus did you're actually foolish because Jesus Christ was circumcised. Do you need to be circumcised? Do you need to be, um, go through all those Jewish rituals you went through at the age of 12 and 13 and stand before and be declared a man and all those? Do you need to go through all those things? No you don't have to You don't have to Do you need to go to the Sabbath And read the Bible uh, or, or, or the, the temple and, and, and read the Bible in the temple there And then teach in the temple Do you need to do that You don't need to do that Because all of us are not teachers All of us are not like that you know? So yes let's open our hearts To the gospel of grace And see what Jesus has done From what platform And from where he spoke Amen. Right. Now, this is what it says. It says here um, that they that bind up heavy burdens and grievous to borne and lay them on man's shoulders, but themselves will they not move them with one of their fingers. So, what he's saying is there's such heavy loads, but they cannot do it. They don't do it. But they describe all these things. So, listen to them. But you will not be able to do it. So, why did you say that? Why did you say... Pay tithes. He, said the, he said to them, pay tithes, for he was under the law, for he was a tither himself, for he knew that he had to tithe and obey the whole law, and where there was a temptation not to give, he gave and he condemned sin in the flesh. He said, no, in my flesh I'll live holy, and he did live holy. On behalf of man, without sin, and He ruled over that thing that says, I'm going to be stingy, and I'm not going to give, and all that. He ruled over that, and gave a tithe, and His whole life. Bringing grace to us, so that we can prosper through what He's done for us. So, if you stand before God, without giving one cent to 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 the church or anybody, you stand in the finished work of Jesus as somebody that has tied perfectly with a perfect sacrifice, ready to be blessed accordingly. So Jesus Christ came, He tied on behalf of man, the heavens were opened already 2,000 years ago and there's a blessing that has been poured out that we cannot contain. Now, when Moses was on the mountain, there was glory shining on his face as a reflection of what he saw. But the glory that he had could only be maintained by works. Because the foundation of it was the law. Then, but, but man didn't have the ability to obey the law. The only man that could obey it was Jesus. You know, He was the only one that could obey the law. And he did all of that on behalf of man. Now that glory that there was, was it was Grace. Mercy, love That couldn't be upon man By the works of the law That will fade away You cannot be gracious And judge people according to the law It's impossible That's what fades away But that glory There's a higher glory The glory of the spirit In the New Testament Is a higher glory Than the Old Testament glory And under the Old Testament glory There was provision Yes If you tithe you'll be blessed But under the New Testament There's a greater provision That could ever be there by the law Jesus obeyed the Ten Commandments He obeyed all the other laws That like what he said here Obey whatever they say And Jesus did whatever the Pharisees Was teaching He also did that And um, as he was doing that You know he he did it in wisdom In judgment In righteousness On behalf of man So that if somebody could obey it 100% And be blessed accordingly You know that could come upon us that's what he did so that's why this teaching says you know you should tithe. so it doesn't it doesn't apply to us anymore today because of acts 21 verse 21 now let's go there quickly acts 21 verse 21 this is what Paul did he says Um, And they informed us of you, that you teach all the Jews, which are amongst the Gentiles, to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. Now, I mean, here Jesus, now, now let's take the teaching of Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we take the teaching of Jesus. Now, we might say, you you know the Bible contradicts. The Bible doesn't contradict. The Bible cannot contradict itself. It's impossible. This is not a contradiction. This is a, a, how can I say, it enforces what Jesus came to do. Because Jesus was under The law to obey, to obey the law so that we will not be under the law after he obeyed the law. And here Jesus in, in, in Matthew, I'm not going to read now, Matthew 23, he he told the people, do the things that Moses commanded. Listen to the Pharisees. What does he say here? What did, what did Paul teach? He told the people to do what? He taught all the Jews which were among the Gentiles to forsake Moses. That word forsake in the Afrikaans language means to backslide. To backslide from the law Saying that they ought not to circumcise their children Neither walk after the customs So, and I mean Then these Jewish people were so angry They wanted to kill Paul So, man, I want you to be set free today Don't think that you need a tithe to be blessed Jesus Christ tithe on your behalf So that you can be blessed So be set free from that manipulation don't believe that, you know, um, if you tie, then your things are going to be protected. That's nonsense. I do believe that, that there's a relationship one can have with God, you know. Just basic relationship. Lord, you know, I, want, I would love to give towards that ministry, you know. or I would love to see this thing expand or that thing grow or what. Would you please give um, to, uh, to me so that I can give that? I believe that that is friendship. You know, say, Lord, you know, I want to give that, that ministry this or that. Thank you that I can do that now. You, you, you enable me. And then God enables you to do that. Because that's what you want to do. It's like you say, Lord, you know, I would love to have uh, a, a nice house. And God gives it to you. In the same way, it's not because you've done anything. It's because of your relationship with God. You make a demand on the finished work of Jesus Christ. You come in His obedience on your behalf. And you receive that house, or you receive that car, or that child you've always wanted, or whatever. You, you receive it from God on the basis of the finished work of Jesus. In the same way, you say, Father, there's a desire in me. I want to give, or I want to be blessed with this thing. I would love to have this type of a computer, or that type of a thing. Just ask in the name of Jesus, and God gives it to you. But what happens now is people twisted this and say, listen, if you give, then God's going to meet your need. That's not true. All our needs has been met in Jesus Christ. He will meet all your needs according to His riches in glory. It's the same foundation from where Paul said, I pray that He may grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might in the inner man. According to Ephesians. So according to the riches of His glory, we receive strength inside us. We receive finances we receive peace according to the riches of His glory. So, the riches of His glory, which is a spiritual thing that came for our spiritual needs, also meets our physical needs. That's if you connect uh, uh, Ephesians there, chapter 4, um, with uh, I think Ephesians 3.19, if you connect that as well with with the rest um, of, of, of Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. So that is, that's just awesome. Go and read that. Go and study it out for yourself. Amen. If you want to give towards this ministry, if you want to give towards any ministry, you do that out of that platform. Not from the platform, well, if I give to this ministry, then God's going to prosper me. No, God is a God that prospers me and He's brought the fruits of righteousness into my life, which is to be generous, and that's why I do this. Amen. So, that is as simple as that. You know, if if you've got a fear that you're not going to have, I can manipulate you. I know I can. And many preachers make use of that. And that's because of people's insecurities. Well, I don't know if God's going to provide for me. I don't know if God loves me enough to provide for me. Let me give you good news. God loves you enough, and He will provide for you. And He has already provided for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to go to um, Romans chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I would just like to, while you go there, I'm just going to switch off this heater quickly. Sorry for that, but that's just uh, getting too hot in here. Romans chapter 8 and yeah, let's let's take the last part of chapter 7 and then we, we're going to go over into Romans chapter 8. This is just so, so awesome. Now from chapter 6 we've been talking about the new life that we have in Jesus Christ, that we've been set free from the law, the, um, the obedience to the message of grace which brought a new life to us that we are enslaved to righteousness and not a slave of sin anymore because we believe the good news of Jesus. You know, I received an uh, uh, email where a guy listened to one of my television programs and said to me, Barthi, please stop to broadcast this message. Please don't preach this because this is a heresy. This is going to bring chaos to the church. Um, this this uh, uh, tells people that they can abuse their wives and children. You know, they can smoke and drink and not tithe and and not uh, uh, honor the Sabbath and all those type of things. He wrote this letter and said that this is absolutely heresy. And, um, you know, and, and he said that it promotes sin. Now, I hate sin. I hate sin. And God hates sin. And I've seen what sin brought to the lives of thousands and thousands of people, millions of people. And I see what it's bringing to the lives of people today. And I want people to be set free from that sin. I don't want to sin. I don't want anybody to sin. Because it kills you. Sin has got an effect. And the effect of sin is death in the lives of people. It, this, it's death to a marriage. It's death to a relationship with parents and their children. You now, if, if a lady goes and she cheats on her wife. Do you know what what impact that has on the children? And if they get divorced then It's got an impact that you cannot imagine I mean a lot of you might have been through that You know what it feels like You know the the pain and the devastation that comes with that sin So we don't want people to sin That's why and because we hate sin we, we, We want them to be enslaved I don't want them just to serve God I want them to be enslaved to the nature of God And that's exactly what Romans chapter 6 says. Romans chapter 6 doesn't say, well, you know, now that you're not under the law, you can now try to serve God, and you know, you you, you, you will not be punished for your sins anymore, so don't worry about that. Continue in your own strength, and where where the shortcomings, don't worry about that. That's not what Romans says. Romans says that when you were under the law, you were a slave of sin. Now, do you know what a slave is? And I've said it in the previous two Sundays as well. A slave is somebody that cannot get rid of the tasks and the, the uh, oppression of the master. You cannot get rid of that. You will be enslaved to sin. When you are under the law, you're not a slave under the law. You are not enslaved to the law. But under the law, sin starts to manifest and you get enslaved to sin. Okay, so, and that that's the whole thing, and, and that's what we can read. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are. That word servant is the word slave, whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. You will be, under the law, a slave of sin that will bring you to death. But under grace, you are, when you obey the true doctrine, the true gospel, do you know what happens? You are enslaved... To righteousness unto eternal life. <laughs> Glory be to God. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. We are enslaved unto righteousness. And you know what? Just in the last three Sundays, as I've been preaching this, I, and I just put this focus on this and just, I find more and more patience in my life. I find more and more holiness in my life. I find that I only think of what's good. That's it, just more and more. Now, I've been seeing an increase all the time, but it's as if it's just speeding up. Amen, glory to God, because this is what the Bible teaches. So, and obviously, the brother that wrote that email to me has doesn't have the faintest clue of what um, what I was trying to say and what the purpose is of it. And the Bible says, you know, there are those that minister the Lord not knowing what they're saying or what they're affirming. Because they are, they tried, they they said man I want to be a teacher of the law And and people got saved and they got, they say, yes man let's get into the law Let's study the law of God and and serve God with all our hearts And in those days they became Pharisees and those type of things After they got saved because that was the holy thing to do That was now becoming closer to God And they did not know what they were saying When they were teaching after they've been indoctrinated by those Pharisees And the teachers of the law and they didn't know what they were affirming. They were affirming sin and death in the lives of people. Thinking they're doing a good thing. It looks as if it's unto life, but it's unto death. The Bible says there's a way that looks, uh, that seems as if it would lead you to life, but the end is death. Now, that is the law. It is not uh, sin. Everybody knows that, that sin would lead you to death. But nobody thinks that the path of the law would lead you to death. There's a way that seems seems right unto a man, but the end is death. That's what Proverbs says. Now, the way that seems right unto man is the way of by what I do I'll be blessed and righteous before God. It seemed right unto Adam. If you eat of this tree, you will be like God. It seemed right. Well, I'll be like God. But who doesn't today want to be as holy as what God is? God commands us to be as holy as what He is. We, God commands, Jesus demand, commanded in, in Matthew 5, the last verse, Be holy therefore as God is holy. You must be like God. If you're not like God, there's a problem. Now what's so wonderful is, <laughs> Jesus made it possible for man to receive the righteousness and the holiness of God as a gift. And when you receive that as a gift, you also receive the... I mean, for you to receive the righteousness of God, you need to receive the very nature of God. It's not just something that says, I see you as righteous. No, no. You've been made the very righteousness of God. And because you made the righteousness of God, you have to have the Holy Spirit, which is the being and the nature and the core of who God is. Now, if you want to know what Spirit is... Now, this is just a watered down explanation, but to give you an idea, you know, you can, somebody can come to you and you can say, man, he just has such an aggressive spirit over him, you know, or somebody can come, he's got a real stingy heart, you know, stingy type of person, that's a stingy spirit over that, over that man, in the same way we can say, you know, he's got the spirit of God over him. Now, the Spirit of God means it's the attitude of God. It's the nature of God. It is who God is over Him. So, when you receive the righteousness of God, you also receive the very uh, uh, spirit and being and what causes God to be God into you. Which leads to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, temperance, faith, all those type of things, and there is no law against those things. Now, isn't that good what God has done for us? Then he comes, uh, let's get back to, to, to my message. Then, then we get to Romans chapter 7. Paul came and he explained the new law that he discovered. The law Paul discovered. And what is the law that Paul discovered? And I hope I, I didn't mark it out here. I hope I can get it quickly. Yes, this is it. Verse 20, Romans 7 verse 20, Now, if I do, that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So he said that he finds a law, and that is that, when he by his own willpower, wants to do good, according to the law, seeking Righteousness by the law. He finds that evil is present with him. That's the law. So, you know, that law has not been preached in the Old Testament. Paul came and discovered this law in Romans chapter 7. And thank God for that. Because it's not, that is not written in the other... Uh, uh, I, well, I haven't read John teaching there. I, I can... Uh, uh, see it in the writings If you interpret into those writings But uh, the, the thing has never been said So straightforward Is what Paul says it here And he comes and he uses The Ten Commandments And he uses the, the, the Tenth Commandment Here and he says But sin taking occasion By the commandment Wrought in me All manner of concupiscence Which is All manner of lust Sexual desires For without the law Sin was dead Then he comes Then he comes to verse 21, I find then a law, that when I would do, evil is present with me, it is no more I who sin, but it is the sin in me that sins. So Paul made a wonderful discovery. This discovery was, that man has got sin in him, and that you can separate yourself from your sin. You can say, this sin that I do, that's not me doing it, that is the sin in me, that manifests because the true me wants to do good And then I find when, I wa- when I'm want, when i under the law And I want to do good, I want to do righteousness That which is righteous by my own power I find that sin uses that law to manifest in my life Therefore I c- I've come to this That it is no more I that sin But the sin that indwells my flesh That sin's Now, that doesn't mean that we can say, well, you know, sin is going to manifest anyway. It's not I that sin, it's the flesh that sins, so let it happen. Thank God for Jesus Christ, for He delivers us from this body of death. Because, let me tell you something, even if you can separate yourself from your sin, the consequences of sin is still in your life. That means sin will still lead you to death. It will still destroy your marriage. It will still destroy your life. It will destroy your finances, your business. Every, it will destroy. You know, last night I, I was uh, just watching some of the videos on YouTube and, and they spoke about a preacher that had a, a church of 15,000 members. Man, when I listened to this I said, God, thank you for grace and that I will only stay in your grace. Thank you for mercy, that I will only stay in grace. And this guy had this awesome, awesome church, 15,000 members, and then um, he had a gay relationship for three years with another guy, with a, like a male prostitute. Can you believe that? Yes, one can, because if he, if he didn't accept and, and experience the unconditional love of God, if he didn't experience that you, you are not righteous by your works, but by the finished work of Jesus, if he has not experienced that, come to the understanding on the knowledge of how high, how wide, how deep and how long the love of God is. If he's been under a rule or a law, you know, if he had that desire for for men and that desire, and I mean, this guy, he's married, he's got four or five children, all of that, you know, it's I, I, I mean, he's, he's elderly, I, I wouldn't say elderly, but m- middle age, he's, he's like 50, 60 years of age and he had this relationship with this guy. I mean, it's just something that's just above what people can think, and you might say, yes, but we can think of the church, but Paul came and he discovered that. And this is what, and, and I don't say Paul was homosexual, don't you hear but I say Paul experienced lust in his flesh when he came under the law. He says, sin was not alive when I was, when I was not under the law. I didn't even know of the sin. Sin wasn't there. Now, there are people that say, the scripture speaks about Paul before he got saved, that he was under no law. No, no, no. Before he got saved, he was very much under the law He was only fighting for the law Just under the law Then he got saved Free from the law And then Free from the law He started to observe laws again And then this death Started to be triggered in him Which was lust In this, in, in this uh, instance here In Romans 7 verse 8 And the same thing could be this, this, this poor pastor I mean I feel so sorry for him Because there's so much pressure on him There's so much judgment That came uh, to, to, towards him He was really 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 uh, uh, I mean he, he, he caught, caught a lot of persecution Because of what he's done And I don't say he's right But what I say is man Has he heard the gospel of grace Has he come to a place where he understands this This unconditional love of God Has he come to a place where he can truly say, you know, when I felt it was a law for me to stay away from men because I felt this desire and there was something that says, you shall not. What about having a renewed mind in who you are in Jesus? Maybe he, he got brought up under teaching of law and thou shalt stand by faith and thou shalt resist and thou shalt... all those type of things. Not understanding really what it is. using his own willpower to do that and the sin that was in him. Not him. I tell you now, he didn't want to do it. He th- They took some of his teachings where he taught against it. So he didn't want to do it. He, was, he, he wanted to do that which was right, but he couldn't. He couldn't. And sin took occasion by the law that he preached and that he believed and it slew him. And look at the consequences. Now listen, this is why I want to say, Paul came to this law that it is not I that sin, but sin in me. That doesn't mean that, well, you know, it's not I that have sinned, it was sin in me that sinned. What that can bring, that revelation can bring peace to your heart in this. That you can still feel that you're accepted before God. And that you can come and say, I have a problem. This thing in my life gives me a problem. It's like going to a doctor. If the doctor, if, 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 if you feel depressed, you know, and they tell you, dep- and, and you just feel depressed, the doctor says, well, I'll just drink this thing, you're just a depressed type of person, that's just who you are you know how depressed he becomes then? You you become more and more depressed because you think, look, what a bad person am I. But if he can diagnose you with something, if he can say, listen, you've got a hormone disorder, the the moment you hear that, you feel, oh, at least there's not something wrong with me. There's something wrong with the hormones. So, that's what Paul said. He said, the good that I want to do, I find that I cannot do it. For there's this law that I discovered, that if I want to do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. So he says, in this body, this physical body, let me put it this way. The physical body, alive with a spirit inside him. With a soul which is a mind Under the law Brings forth and gives birth to sin If I say 1 plus 2 equals 3 I can say it this way A holy man Born of God in the spirit With a, with a mind That tries to seek justification By the law Although he's righteous In a human flesh Equals a foothold for sin. That's what, what Paul wrote here. He says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity, the law of sin which is in my members. Now listen to what he says, O wretched man that I am. So Paul said, Listen, I'm a man with a spirit and a soul that can delight of the law of God with a body. At the moment I want to do good, sin is present with me. I'm a wretched man. What type of a man am I? It's like, I think, uh, when, when somebody gets paralyzed, you know, and I'm thinking of this guy in, in Douglas, he was paralyzed, and I mean, he was, and, and very poor, and he didn't have a lot of people that helped him, and they made this wheelchair for him, where he was lying flat on his, st- on his stomach, and he would roll it, you know, like laying down uh, on, on, his, on his belly. And... Uh, but he struggled a lot with his legs, because his legs, they're heavy. You know? And he must have thought so many times, these legs, you know, they just bother me. Uh, I cannot pull myself up because they're so heavy and whatever. And he had both his legs amputated because, I mean, he's paralyzed. He, he's not going to use them again. And I think that's how Paul felt. And that's how we felt so, feel so many times. A wretched man that I am. I want to do good. Yes, the good. The moment I come closer to the, the good, the law, sin comes into me and kills me. And if I don't come close to what is good, I'm going to die anyway. Man, what? <laughs> That's why I said, "A wretched man that I am. A wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I just want to read something here quickly. Um, 25... It was 24, sorry. The body of this death, or he says the body of death. So, and, and what I like about 24 in, in, the, old, in the King James is, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So, there's a death that we die in this body, and that is when we, through this body and in this body, seek righteousness and good works and whatever by the law of Moses, we die. Okay, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who shall deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord I am delivered from the body of this death for I don't have to seek righteousness anymore. It is now given to me so I don't try to do good now. Good is placed inside me and now I'm just bearing fruit of the good that's inside me. I'm not seeking to do anything good by my own power anymore. There's no more law out there that I desire and say, well, I desire to do good. I don't desire to do good. Good is placed in me. I just live the good that's in me. It's not I'm evil and now I want to do good. I want this good. There's a law placed in in front of me. I must do these good things. No ways. That's not how we live as New Testament believers. I hope you can hear the the revelation in what I say. Let's just read it again. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God... Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's how we will be delivered. Then he goes back to the previous verse explaining again. It doesn't mean this is how we are in the Lord now. He says, So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Man, there's a law of sin. There's a law of God that says, If you obey the law, you will be blessed. But there's a law of sin that says If you try to obey the law of God To be blessed you will sin And die Who shall deliver me from this I thank God through Jesus Christ Because now I don't have a law that says If you do this you will be blessed He came and says Without you doing anything I bless you Now you do the righteousness of God Now you blessed in God Amen Hallelujah So what happens is If we would do good Then we would be declared as righteous and blessed accordingly. But what happens in the New Testament now? Jesus Christ came. He obeyed all of that. He condemned sin in the flesh. He ruled against sin in the flesh. So sin in the flesh cannot be active anymore. For we are not under the law. There is no foothold for it. Jesus condemned it for He obeyed it on our behalf and got it right so that we don't desire that which is under the law. I don't desire good anymore. Now, that sounds wrong, but listen to what I'm trying to say. I don't desire to say, well, I shall not, you shall not lust. No, I've got love for my wife, and I've got joy in my heart when others are blessed. Amen. I don't feel jealous when somebody else gets a new car, when somebody else gets blessed in ministry, when a congregation grows. I'm happy. I'm truly happy. I'm not, oh my God, you know, this guy's just, it's not right that he's got miracles in his Man, get over the law. Because the reason why many preachers today are jealous of other preachers, and I hope some preachers watch this sometime, Um I mean, I'm broadcasting on a Sunday. Most people today are preaching, but you might be watching this uh, uh, in the archives. The, The reason why most preachers are jealous of others when it comes to the size of ministry, miracles, money, all those things, is because there's a law in front of them that says if you can have a big ministry, miracles, and a lot of finances, then you are successful. You're under that law and that works sin in you and it causes you to die because you cannot be friendly with any pastor. You cannot watch uh, uh, anybody do anything without having jealousy, bullying in your heart, bringing bitterness and resentment and all that, even giving birth to all type of sickness, sicknesses like uh, stomach ulcers and stress and cancers and all those type of things. Then, Let's see the finished work of Jesus Hallelujah Isn't that the good news? Oh wretched man that I am Under the law Who shall deliver me From this thing That, act, that, that just starts to activate sin in my life, the moment it's under the law, for uh, through the flesh, that's the only way. I must by my own power obey laws and commandments and do those things. And when I obey those commandments, then I'm righteous. Who shall deliver me from this, this body? I, I, I want righteousness, but I, the moment I get close to doing the law, I find sudden death in my life. It is a, 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 a I'm a wretched man. I, if I don't seek righteousness by the law, I'm gonna go to hell. If I seek righteousness by the law, I'm in sin and I'm gonna go to hell. Who, who, who will deliver me Who will get me free from sin I don't want sin in my life I want holiness Who will deliver me Jesus Christ has delivered man from the law And when you don't seek justification by the law anymore Blessed be the name of Jesus Because you believe in Him You are set free from sin You might say, Bertie, that's easier said than done. Well, let me tell you something. It is easier said than done because by your own works it cannot be done. But now it's easier believed. The easiest thing of it all, easier than just saying it, is simply believing it. Because when you believe it, you start to enter into that. Let me tell you something. This thing has got a manifestation in life. And the, the greatest thing and let me give you something practical here that I see in the lives of Christians and in my own life is when you see something wrong, is the temptation to quickly sort it out by willpower. Don't fall into that. When you see something wrong in your life, don't say, "Well, I'm going to stop with that. I'm going to stop that now. No, 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 no no. Get what you've done wrong out of your mind as quickly as possible by saying these words, I am the righteousness of God and I have been delivered from such things. And then go and take Romans 6, 7, 8, 9 and study the thing and meditate upon the unconditional love of God. Let's quickly go to, and and let me explain that to you. You know, if if I find in my heart that I get... uh, Bitter towards somebody or whatever. I'm not going to say, Well, I'm going to try to stop to be bitter. Because if I do that, I'm going to be bitter too long. I want to be free from that. I, I, I want forgiveness in my life. And how do I do that? By simply forgetting about trying to forgive that person and not to be bitter. But focusing on what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hallelujah! You know when when um, do you know why people go to the movies and they uh, uh, like ride motorbike and all those type of things? It's because they relax. If you do, that's why people do sport a lot of the time. You know, if you go and you play uh, uh, golf, you don't think of your problem. You're at home, you're tensed up, you're stressed, you you feel that you, you, you're just biting your lip all the time, not to say something bad to the wife or the children or the neighbor, or not to kick the dog. But when you get on the golf course, the first three sh- shots you just hit like a madman, because you feel that you're angry inside yourself, but then you start to think on the game, and you become peaceful and relaxed, and you're going to drink a beer afterwards, and you just laugh and have got joy in everything. And when you get home... All of a sudden, you face with those things, and all all of a, you find that, that 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 anger coming again. It's the same with getting rid of sin in your life. The moment you face the sin and you look at the sin all the time, I'm going to get rid of this sin. I'm going to get rid of this sin. You're going to become more angry. But the moment you go and play a round of golf, now that is go and play a round of experiencing the unconditional love of God, you'll get rid of that. You'll find. You're not angry anymore. If you struggle with lust, the best way of getting rid of lust is simply spending time in the presence of a God that unconditionally loves you. You can do that through listening to this message again and again and again and again. For this word is God. As you listen to it, you experience the presence of God. And it changes you. The vision, get your mind away from, I want to change this. Don't even listen to this with a purpose to change. All you do, you listen to this, you can expect it to happen, because that's what will happen. But I want to guarantee you, you can live under this message of God's unconditional love, and be free from that sin that's in your flesh for 20 years. But the moment you get back to law righteousness, and I must do this, and try by your own willpower, it's there again. And it will be there until the Lord Jesus Christ returns and you get your glorified body. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. But in the meantime, He has given us this. But what do we do with the problems that we still have in our lives? So let's read to verse uh, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the... Spirit. Now that condemnation is, I see it in two ways. It's condemnation because you are judged by the law, and now the law is gone. Now there's no condemnation. You cannot be found guilty anymore, for He has set you free. Okay? And I also see that condemnation as the power of sin in your life. That's also taken away. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now listen, there's different laws. There's the law of the spirit of life. That means there's a law that says if I'm not under the law but I believe in what Jesus Christ has done for me and I receive His spirit inside me then I have got life and I'm set free of the passions of sin and all those things because when Jesus died uh, 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 He died unto sin and the whole fleshly thing that that gets activated by sin or by the law It all died with Jesus for we are not part of that law system. So he died for that. For the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of I believe in Jesus and I receive his Holy Spirit has set me free from the law of Moses seeking justification by what I do and by being set free from that I'm set free from the law of sin and death which was explained I've just explained, I'm not going to do that again For what the law Could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending His own Son in the likeness of Sinful flesh and for sin Condemned sin in the flesh Now The law, now I want you to understand This language For what the law could not do In that it was weak through The flesh, why was the law Weak? Because of Flesh taking occasion by the law to bring forth sin in your life. That's why the law is weak. So, you might say, oh, but the law is holy, the law is holy. Yes, the law is holy, but the problem is not with the law, the problem is with you. <laughs> Yes, that's where the problem is. It's not with with, with the law. People say, but you say that the law is sin, the law, we should not obey the law and whatever. I'm not saying we should not obey the law. The law is holy, the law is righteous and everything. I don't have a problem with the law. I've got a problem with the flesh of man when it's under the law. That's the problem. Hallelujah. You know, it's like with alcohol. I don't have any problem with alcohol. But 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 you know in, in the lives of certain people Let me tell you something I've got a great problem With what happens to them When alcohol comes too close to them Because it destroys them The problem is not with the law The problem is not with the law I say it again The problem is not with the law But the problem is with the flesh of man wants us under the law for that when that happens there's another law the law of sin and death that is activated and that thing was active from Adam until now for death reigned from Adam unto Moses and from Moses unto Jesus but now life reigns for those who believe hallelujah isn't that the good news? That is the good news of Jesus. Now, I don't know how long I've been preaching, but let's go on for another five or ten minutes. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Now, let, let's see what that for sin means there. It says there, uh, as a sacrifice for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Why? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you are a law lover, if you love the law, man, you believe what Jesus Christ has done. For the reason why people get so angry when we say we are not under the law anymore, is because they think that the righteous things of the law, that the law stands for holiness, and righteousness, all those type of things, we're against that. We're not against that. We are for holiness. And we are for that you will be blessed and declared righteous. And the righteous of the law might be in man. And because we are for it, that's why we we, we preach like this. That's why Jesus Christ came, to condemn sin in the flesh. Because when you are for the law, without the finished work of Jesus, without believing that we don't have to do the law to be justified, or to be righteous, but we've been made righteous by Jesus, the very thing you believe is what's going to kill you. That's what it says here. But then Jesus Christ came and He delivered us from that so that the righteousness of the law might be given to us and be fulfilled in us who believe on Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, it, it, it is like... Um, uh, man, I must get a good, a good example here. It's like going fishing. And whenever you go out too deep, the, a, a big storm comes. But the only way for you to survive is to catch that fish. But you've got the boat. You've got all the tackle. You've got everything to catch the fish. But the moment you get past a certain distance, there's something g- uh, just bringing this massive storm. And then as you try, you find that you never catch the fish. And everybody that tries to get that, catch that fish dies. And now the people on the shore, they're also dying without food. But you know, fish is a good thing. It's good to have fish. But the problem is you cannot catch it because the ocean kills you. Your inability to handle the storm kills you. Then somebody comes, he gets in your boat on your behalf, and he drives into that storm, he fishes in that storm and catches enough fish for everybody. And he gives it to you as a gift. Now you say, no, 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 fish is a good thing and I'm going to catch a fish again and I'm going to go out into that storm and I'm going to catch that fish and then you die. And then people stand on the side of the shore saying, listen, why do you want to go and catch fish? This guy came and brought fish to us and gave it as a gift. No, but I mean, my grandfather tried and my great-grandfather tried and his father tried. They've all died for this course and I'm going to die as well and I'm going to try this. You fool. Well, sorry for saying it that way, but that's just the way it is. That's just, that's foolishness. Don't fend for something that kills you. It's like, you know, having the stove in the house, like a heater or, or, or a, um, a fireplace. And now the child wants to put his hand on the fireplace. You say no. Don't put your hand on the fireplace. Then he goes and he touches it and he burns and he cries, oh, daddy, I burned my hand on that ugly fireplace. Now he cries. And he but I want to go and put my hand there again. Man, let's experience the freedom of God. But I know why people are like that, because there's not many places in the world um, where this is preached. And I don't say this with pride in my heart. And I've heard Pastor Joseph Prince also say that, and, and it's true that his church and what he preaches is one of the places where the, the purest doctrine is preached on the planet, man. And I believe the same here you know, w- w- What I preach here Is not heard in every church today Or in most churches today And I feel sorry for people In that situation So yes um, <clears throat> Let's read verse 3 again For what the law could not do And that it was weak through the flesh God sent his own son In the likeness of sinful flesh And for sin Condemned sin in the flesh That the righteousness of the law Might be fulfilled in us Who walk not after the flesh But After the spirit Isn't that awesome For they that are after the flesh Do mind the things of the flesh He's just explaining chapter 7 again But they that are after the spirit The things of the spirit For to be carnally minded Law minded Is death But to be spiritually minded Is life and peace Because the carnal mind Is enmity against God For it is not subject To the law of God Neither indeed can be So then They they they, they that are in the flesh Cannot Please God But you are not in the flesh But in the spirit If so be That the spirit of God dwells in you Now if any man have not The spirit of Christ He is none of his And if Christ be in you The body is dead because of sin But the spirit is life Because of righteousness Now I will explain that scripture Next Sunday. So thank you that you have just slotted in. Again, to all those people that are first-time viewers, to those people that are members of Dynamic Web Web Church, I want to just thank you for being part of the family. And I want to remind everybody to watch now that we have our cell group meeting, not after the service anymore, but on Wednesdays at 1300 hours South African time. Now we are GMT plus 2. 1300 hours South African time. Anybody can slot in um, you know, please, please slot in there. We will discuss this message. We will also discuss the Abrahamic covenant and different covenants and how it works and the fulfillment of that. And was there a covenant between, between Israel and God? And what type of covenant was that? Was um, what's a covenant between God and Abraham and Jesus and us and all those type of things? Just to give you peace of mind. Thank you that you've slotted in. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I would like to invite you to accept this message of grace and say, Jesus, you've saved me from my flesh. You've saved me from the law. You've saved me from death. I receive you today. Just pray that prayer right now. As we go offline, just pray that. And if you've received Jesus as your Savior, please write to Info at Dynamic Ministries and um, we will have a look at that. And Monday morning, I will download the emails and I will contact you immediately via mail whatever just to encourage you in the things of God. So, Do that, and and if you've got any sickness in your body, know this, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ you have been healed, and healing is yours. Believe this. Study this concerning healing, and you will see how you are healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you've got any comments about this, please contact us. Please write to us. Um, Just open your heart. Know this is a family, and we want to just minister this unconditional love of God. Amen. Let me pray for everybody. Father, I stretch forth my hand to everybody watching this. If it is they're watching this in the live broadcast, if it's in the archives, even a year from this broadcast date, I stretch forth my hands and I say, everybody, be blessed. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed by the unconditional love, mercy and grace of God. And nobody could resist it. Jesus decided to do it and He did it. It is ours forevermore. Amen. Thank you and God bless you.